When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're up to the semi-final stage at the Australian Open. The women will be on court later on this evening. SEN's coverage continues tonight. Brett Phillips coming to us live from Melbourne Park. Good morning to you, BP. So it's semi-final time. Coco Goff and Arena Sabalenka and then Yastremska against Zheng. So the final four of the women's semis. How do you view these ones tonight? Well, the first one, Maddie, is going to be a beauty, is that uh, Sabalenka and Golf were sort of been, um, you know, starting to preview it uh, a couple of days out, anticipating this was going to be the likely uh, semi uh, matchup. And, well, you know, you, you could make a strong case that it's on the racket of Arena Sabalenka tonight. I mean, if she is on and uh, executing to perfection, then we know that uh, she is just a, uh, a tsunami coming at you that is very, very hard to uh, get out of the way of. And, um, you know, Coco is the one, though, that can you know, certainly challenge and disrupt and, and put some doubt in the mind of Arena. And she has got the credentials of the reigning US Open champion and what she's done, you know, so far in this tournament. I just, I just feel really sure about Coco's game. Yes, uh, you know, she was challenged in a quarterfinal and looked a bit out of sorts early, but the way she reset and came back, there was just the... Uh, the traits of a champion that she's going to become um, a lot more as uh, as the years tick by, and so is Arena. Arena's going to be sticking around the pointy end. So, yeah, I, I just I mean she obviously had three tight semi-finals and slams last year that she um, she blew really. Uh, Arena Sabalenka. So you learn a lot from those. Doesn't guarantee you're going to execute perfectly in the next one. Depends on the opponent, obviously. But you know I like Coco to get the better and Yastremska Zheng. Either way, great story going into the final. You know, Zheng has uh, you know, been terrific during the tournament. In saying that, I mean, she hasn't beaten the top 50 player, but that's mm. uh, out of your hands. You just look after your end of the court, and uh, she's you know, obviously come from making that US Open quarters and now an Australian Open semi. So she is tracking in the right direction. Yastrzemska is doing it clearly for more than herself, and she is inspired greatly at the moment. Um, and I think... Yeah, that could play a huge part in the match uh, later on uh, tonight. But Zhang is the is the player that uh, has the game that I think is um, giving me more confidence that she can get through the final. Worldwide, you you can imagine the numbers are going to be extraordinary for tonight, as in the viewing numbers. You've got Coco Goff, of course, so popular straight into the American audience. Arena Sabalenka, an out and out star. Yastremska with her story, like you mentioned, from Ukraine. And the Chinese player in Jin Wenzhang, who's going to be top 10 as of next week. She'll be ranked 10 when the rankings come out in, on Monday. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, the markets, international markets are massive. Mm. Um, 
you know, obviously they, they put forward a lot of money uh, into the tournament. They have a, a big say at the scheduling table as well. And, um, you know, you could, it, it, it was interesting because last night, I mean, normally, normally the two ladies quarterfinals have been during the day. So Jeanne's got the um, the smaller turnaround here yeah. to go from Wednesday night to Thursday night to play a semi, which is interesting. But they wanted to put her on last night because it was um, you know good time for eyeballs over in uh, China. So all these things sort of come into it. Yes, it's best of three, not best of five. So the players are used to, in general, two alike having to back up the next day. So it's not uh, a monumental issue. But it was it was interesting uh, the scheduling difference from last year. So we have to wait till Friday, of course, for the men's uh, tomorrow for the men's semi-finals, and they've been locked in. Alexander Sverev last night took care of Carlos Alcaraz. I was doing the BBL, Brett, as you probably know, and by the time I, I jumped back in the car and started to check the scores, I was like, "Hang on a second, what's happening here?" I, I got home in time to watch Alcaraz save that third set, and I wondered what might have been. But Sverev looked very, very sharp. He was uh, he was magnificent. I mean, you know, he was serving over eighty percent first serves in last night. Now, he uh, he when he gets that first serve in, it's you know you're in for one hell of a contest. There were periods of his career where he wasn't landing a high enough percentage, and he had a pretty ordinary second serve that was getting exposed. A lot of double faults in his matches. So he's worked really hard on that. You know, he's coming from a a long way up uh, in terms of that serve. And when he makes good connection and hits his spots, um, it's really tough. But in saying that, it was a little uncharacteristic from Alcaraz in the first two sets. He made of unforced errors. He was making some pretty sloppy games. And, you know, the first two sets, you know, ran away from him and he had to play catch-up. The response was great. He had some pulsating winners in that tiebreaker and energised the crowd. There was one breaker served there in the fourth. But... Yeah, it wasn't the typical Carlos Alcaraz game. As much as we sort of talk about him, Matt, at 20 being a, almost a finished product, uh, last night illustrated that you know, there's still a, a way to go. He's, you know, he's figuring things out. He's not going to just have every grand slam where he's going absolutely deep into the final. And what I find interesting now is that you know, it's very, it's like a little chip there, Medvedev, a little chip on the shoulder. You've, you've sort of forgotten about us. You've forgotten about us. Maybe it might circle back. While the young guys are still figuring some stuff out, Djokovic gets a year old, it's going to be tougher. Maybe the window is still open. It's Vazirev and Tsitsipas and Medvedev. Mm. Maybe Berrettini will get his mojo back that they could you know, claim some Grand Slam glory. So Medvedev went through after taking care of Hubert Hercatch. It's interesting, when I was doing the numbers this morning, the Medvedev v Zverev semi-final, they've got plenty of form against each other. They've played 18 times head-to-head but never at a major. Yeah. So this is the first time, and Medvedev no. leads 11-7. Honestly, BP, I looked at it, then I checked it and checked it and checked it again, and I'm still checking it right now because I'm waiting for you to say you're an idiot, Whitey. Um, of course they have, but it's weird that they've never come uh, up against each other at a Grand Slam tournament. Yeah, absolutely, considering both are being uh, you know, right there at the pointy end. Uh, yeah, it can just depend what half of the draw you land in, matchups. Uh, but yeah, they've met plenty of times. Whether it be you know, tour finals, uh, big you know, Masters one thousands, uh, and uh, yeah, they, they know each other pretty well. I wouldn't say it's um, you know a magnificent, friendly sort of uh, relationship. <laughs> I think there's an edge there, a bit like Tsitsipas and um, you know Zverev and Tsitsipas and Medvedev. There's you know there's a bit going on with the men at the top, which I don't mind. Uh, that's okay. It's got to be an edge to these guys. So yeah, they're very familiar with each other. And, I mean, Medvedev yesterday, I mean, he just finds a way. He's just a great defender. I mean, her catches hit a hell of a lot more winners and 
was a more offensive player in that match, but Medvedev just made life really difficult and and uh, yeah, he only converted what five of fifteen break points to her catch. It'll um yeah, that, that, that won't make him have slept all that well last night. Yeah, stats always tell the story. All right, so semi-finals tonight in the women's uh, men's semis, of course. Tomorrow coverage tonight from seven o'clock Eastern Daylight Saving Time, so six o'clock for our Queensland listeners. Before I let you go, cool customers. We've been doing that this morning because it's getting hot in Sydney. So cool customers in sport. The first cool customer I could think of in tennis was was straight away straight away Roger. Who 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 oozes the cool factor for you? Yeah, any of the French, any of the French guys—they're pretty cool cats, aren't they? Um, who would be the leader of that pack? Uh, I mean, you'd probably say you'd probably say a Monty. So I don't know if they're quite fit for the cool category, but these guys just play with that sort of beautiful style. It's grace, um, a little bit of elegance, and they're just. They've got a pretty, uh, pretty cool sort of demeanour uh, about them. You're not seeing them quite blow up like uh, the Russian players. Uh, so <laughs> good on you, mate. Have a good night tonight. Uh, we'll be tuned in on the SEN Fanatic on the SEN app, and we'll talk again tomorrow. Uh, pleasure. Thank you, Matt. Brett Phillips there heading into another day at the Australian Open. What are we up to? Day 12? Day 12 of the tournament, I do believe. Um, or is it day 11? It's hard It's hard to keep track of all that. Either way, it's semi-finals. 0457 736 736. 1300 0111 70. James is on that open line with a cool customer for us. G'day, James. Morning, Matthew. Beyond oh. Borg. Oh. Beyond Borg, yes. There's cool. There's oozing cool. Yeah, and the other thing... With Roger Federer, even his own words, when he first started playing tennis, he wasn't that nice. He threw tantrums. Yeah, he did. Later in his career. 100%, mate. He used to lose his, you know what, quite often um, when he was a young bloke coming through. But then he managed to turn that around. Um, and and but, but it was just the presence thing about, about Roger. Roger looked as though he never got flustered. I mean, there were times, obviously, but he, he never really got flustered. And then I, I had the privilege, James, of seeing him firsthand. And honestly, when, when he would walk around Melbourne Park, even through down with the other players and all that kind of stuff, he just had this this presence that oozed coolness. The only time I saw Roger Federer almost be awkward around somebody else was when they were up the back of the TV studios. And he, I walked out of our studio at the time and he was walking past with Rod Laver next to him. And it was absolute deference to the man next to him. The cool customer in Roger became this um, almost I'll take a step behind, sir, in, in honour of you. So, yeah, it, quite incredible, huh? Yeah, I mean, but if you think about it, all the top, I mean, you talk, look about all the really top 1% of the star athletes. Yeah. How many of them really spit the dummy? All right, you know, John McEnroe, if you go back there. But a lot of those ones that reach the real echelon of their sport are cool. Even under, they learn how to keep their temper, keep their focus, no matter what the situation. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I think they get that extra 1% to win the games because they go, oh, okay, I've had a bad shot. Well, I'll forget that and I'll just go for the next one. (laughs) I tell you what, your shout-out about Beyond Borg is an absolute... Beauty, and when I hear those names of the past, I, I try and go into my own memory bank, 
and go, okay, what, how many did he win? What did he win? When, when did he win it? And then I go on to Dr. Google and find out. He only made the third round at the Australian Open. They didn't play a lot at the Australian Open, the international players, lot as much as what they should have over the years. Andre Agassi is a great case in point, but dominated the French Open, dominated Wimbledon, of course, made the final at the US four times, so didn't win the US Open. But Bjorn Borg, one of the great customers and most of the Swedish you know, have that sort of cool factor about them. Address cool. Thanks, James. Appreciate it. Um, no, no, no fuss. No real fuss about them. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. They're starting to come in thick and fast now. The cool athletes. So keep them coming. Add your name to the list and tell me why they're cool. Not just because they're clutch performers, but there's got to be something else about these athletes that gives them the star factor. And let me tell you, if, if, you're the, if you're the ponytail advertising executive, you want to know why such and such is cool. Why Coca-Cola are going to give them a million, 10 million bucks, whatever it is. Nike want to sign them up. So let's do that this morning. Give me a cool customer, but tell me why. 0457 736 736.